the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. You ever have one of those days where you think... (laughs) I should have just stayed in bed. Yes. I should have just yeah. packed it in. And, yeah, I'm uh, in the middle of it, yeah. mister. I see it. I see it. I see it happening before my eyes. You see? Yeah. I, everything. I'm, every, I'm trying so hard, and it's just all, and I can't. Life, life can be difficult. Yeah. It really can. I got a phone call today around, what time? One thirty-ish or so? Yeah, probably one yeah. thirty. going, uh, my car's broken. It's making a loud noise, and it really stinks. Now, making a loud noise it's one thing. does not really sum up what was happening. Uh, would you like some actual uh, documented noises that my car was this making? This is your vehicle. This is my vehicle. If yeah. you'll just hold on for a All minute. Right. Are I you mean, ready? Yeah, sure. You ready for this? This is, this is the... Mm. Yeah. Yeah. While you were driving. Mm-hmm. From here to... From Oakland okay. to here. With all... My windows down mm-hmm. and my sunroof open. What do you think happened? Well, something happened to my exhaust system. That's for darn sure. Catalytic converter? Well, I never thought about that until my husband said, I bet somebody stole your catalytic converter. At which point I thought I was parked in Oakland. I can't believe... I mean, I drove to Oakland this morning. It was fine. Did someone really climb under my car? While you were at church. At church and steal my cat? That's... Low. I don't know. I don't. I mean, you hear these stories of this rash of catalytic converters because apparently they hold precious metals, right? How long would it take to remove one That's of those? That's a good question. I don't know. Does anybody know? Is there a tow truck driver or a mechanic in the audience who would tell us something like that? 800-320-8255. Please let us know. 800-320-8255. So you went to church. You parked in a church parking lot. Yes. I mean, how... It's like a crime of opportunity, or is right. it someone it premeditated? I mean, it's not like I was under. It's not like I was. I mean, it's a pretty exposed parking lot. Right. And, so, and a catalytic converter. Now, I, again, my, I'm, <laughs> I'm working with limited knowledge. It's right. not I mean, a small are a talk thing. Show host. Right. It's not like something you know could is fit it, in your I pocket. I don't even know what. I don't no. even know how big it is. No. So I, I wonder. Wait, can we? Are we taking a phone call here? Somebody called. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Uh, hey, thanks for coming along. Who is this, please? Hi, this is Bob. Hey, Hi, Bob. Bob. So what do you think? I mean, Kath went to a church uh, function this morning uh, in Oakland. Uh, how long does it take to steal a catalytic converter? Literally minutes. Minutes? No way. Models. They, models. they get a sawzall, and they, a certain, they pick on certain cars because the cars sit up in the air further. They particularly pick on SUVs by Kia and Hyundai, hmm. and they crawl under the car with a sawzall, and they can have it off within a minute. With the sawzalls, is a battery powered yes. sawzall. Yes. Yep. Minutes. It's a very common thing. I own a shop for a living, and we had uh, a little rash of them uh, maybe a few months ago. Really. Uh, and I live in the North Hills, so. Well, I live uh, in the North Hills, we see it, Bob. And it's very sad because it, it creates a lot of damage. They're very expensive to re- replace. How much? What's it cost? 
Hello. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Bob. What's it cost to replace a catalytic converter? Oh, Bob left us at that pivotal moment. Bob left us at that pivotal moment. Oh, yeah. That's a, that how about that? That's kind of crazy. Okay, something happened. Bob, are you there? Hello. Uh, look, there's technology. Yeah, see, yep. it's just technology. Okay, Heck, Bob. Uh, Gee, that, we're sorry. At that exact moment when I needed a dollar figure, Bob disappeared <laughs> on me. That's a shame. Yeah. No, it's just technology. Yeah. It's a All shame. right. So a battery-powered Sawzall, a car's a little lifted. I mean, everyone's driving an SUV. I'm telling you, I drove to. I drove there this morning at nine o'clock, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. And I came out. Turned three, the key. Four hours later. Turned the key, and it was like all heck broke loose. Okay, wait, there's Bob. Hey, Bob, you there? Yeah, so now we got disconnected. Okay, all good. Right. All right, good. But, so so uh, easy to do, takes minutes, battery-powered saws all. People come into the shop, and they go, I, I hear this loud noise. What's it cost to replace something like that? It, it can cost a couple thousand dollars. Thousand, a couple thousand dollars. Because so what's can. Bob, you yeah, said a couple thousand dollars. You really so? What's the deal? I mean, so then twenty thirteen Equinox. Can you give me a price? Somebody steals a catalytic converter. They take it where and do what with it? Unfortunately, they, there's chop shops that still will buy these things, and and there, you said earlier, John, there's exotic metals in them, and that's what they steal them for. Is that right? Exotic metals. So it's unfortunate that they haven't gone after the chop shops and and these black market shops that will buy these things because the people have to know they were stolen. Of course, right? Black market. So what? There's there's precious metals, gold inside of these things. Uh, it's your uh, iridium and palladium metals like that. Interesting. Yeah. Bob, I got to be honest with you. I'm glad you called, even if you delivered some bad news to me. <laughs> no problem. I listen to your show every day, and I just happened to get off work, and I, I was kind of almost. I, I hate to say giggling over what you're Bob. describing because. It's not funny, but it, it happens. And if your car went from nothing to a gigantically loud noise, there's a possibility they stole it. But you could also have a break in your exhaust system that could occur, too. So hopefully it's not stolen. Very nice. Wait, Bob, uh, before you leave us, give your place a plug. I mean, heck, you called, right? I, I, yeah, I own and operate Richie Goodyear. We overlook Bellevue. We're at the top of North Belf Avenue. Excellent. What? North Belf? That's where my dentist is. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're at the top of the hill right at the crest, Kathy, right when it turns. Uh, you know, you're going up toward Westview. I'm, I'm actually not in Bellevue, but most people think our shop is because it overlooks Bellevue. What's the name of your shop again? Richie Goodyear. What? what? It's Richie like Goodyear. In, my, it's in my backyard. Very okay. Nice. Well, thank you very much, Bob. I... Give us a call tomorrow, Kathy, if you want us to look at it for you. Okay, Richie. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you, Bob. Yeah. I mean, it's, on, it's on a tow Goodyear. truck right now. Yeah. Right? Headed out somewhere. Oh, look. Oh, heaven help us. That's my alarm going off saying you should get to work. All right. Without further ado, I mean, we're going from uh, catalytic converters to news. Yeah. <laughs> it happens in all the big stories. <laughs> I mean, NBC does this all the time or whatever, right? Yeah. So, Kath, without further ado, let's delve into some news stories here for the day. Uh, give us the top four at four, okay? <laughs> all right. Catalytic converters. Oh, all the details about... Um, Hurricane Ian, you'll be able to hear at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, our very, very best to everyone who's suffering through all we of that. We know people. Of course, yeah, you probably we know do. people. Anybody we we all do, right? Yeah. Um, other than that, I will give you these news stories. Number one, 
The New York Times has exclusively obtained recordings of thousands of calls that were made throughout March and intercepted by Ukrainian law enforcement agencies from Kiev, the Ukrainian capital that was supposed to be easily taken by the Russian army. Listen, if you have any time today, you need to look at the front page of the Wall Street Journal and check out this story because the journal has um, transcriptions of calls made by dozens of fighters from airborne units and Russia's National Guard that have not previously been made public. But they give you, if you read it, an insider view of what was happening in the Russian military at the time. It was shocking to me. All the stories we've heard about the Russian military being in disarray, people being dissatisfied, Russian soldiers being tricked into being there. All of that is confirmed in this news story Mm. in The Times today. The soldiers describe a crisis in morale. Um, They say that uh, the lack of motivation, the lack of equipment, the lack of continuity is so profound that they were lied to about the mission they were on, all conditions that have contributed to the recent setbacks for Russia's campaign in the east of Ukraine. Some of these conversations are super mundane and some are so brutal that it's hard to read. And a lot of them include blunt criticisms of Mr. Putin and the military Mm. commanders. Today's Wall Street Journal. Yeah, no. Oh, it's in today's New York Times. Okay. The Times spent almost two months translating the recordings, which have been edited for clarity and length. So check it out there. Number two, speaking of Russia, President Putin uh, acknowledged, quote, mistakes today in how the Russian government has been carrying out his draft. So they're scrambling, John, to try to make up for a Russian public, which appears, you know, increasingly dissatisfied. And that's the nicest way I can put it with what's going on there. In televised remarks to top security officials, Mr. Putin said that the draft draft had raised many questions and that all mistakes made must be corrected and prevented from happening in the future. He described cases of people entitled to deferments being wrongly drafted, such as fathers of three or more children, men with chronic diseases, or those above military age. Number three. A huge T-Rex skeleton is being sold at auction. That is so weird. In November this year, an estimated to be bought for between 15 and $25 million. Mm. Shen, the T-Rex skeleton auction in Hong Kong, will mark the first time a T-Rex has ever been sold in Asia. In the lead-up to the action on November 30th, Shen will be available to view at the Victoria Theatre and Concert Hall in Singapore before being displayed and auctioned at the Hong Kong Convention and Exhibition Centre. Don't worry, it's not too small because you'll be able to see it if you go there. 43 feet long, 16 feet high, 7 feet wide, and weighs 3,000 pounds. Wow. That's from Newsweek. And number four, Thursday Night Football is back again tonight. The Bengals versus the Dolphins, and it's on Amazon Prime. Mm. That's your top four at four. Very nice. How do you feel about football games on Amazon Prime? Um, well, at the same time, they're also broadcasting on regular te- television aren't they no only if it's in your city oh really mm-hmm. well i've got prime so it doesn't matter no. <laughs> so you don't care about all the other <laughs> sorry no well i mean no. okay and for more self-centered takes listen no, to the rest but, of them. but if it's in your no. city it's on regular television yes but if so you, but if but people in pittsburgh who want to watch tonight's game with the bengals and the dolphins aren't going to be able to see it if it's they thursday don't have night prime. football i mean it's thursday night I mean, isn't there enough football out there Seriously. I like it. Right? We have a lot of football. I like Thursday. Between the pros, between college. There's football on all the time. I like it. Yeah, it's fun. I think people are going to be going to bars and restaurants trying to see if they can see it if they don't have Prime. Or just subscribing to Prime. That's all. (laughs) Anyway, Jerry Boyer's next. We're going to talk about home heating prices. Ukraine sabotage. Stick around. 
101.5 WORD. I'm Keith Stevens. Join Donna Cruz and me this weekend for Keep the Faith. Matthew West shares about a walk with his wife, which was the beginning of his song, Me on Your Mind. Does that feel too selfish? And I was like, is that a good idea? And she was kind of quiet. I thought she didn't like the idea. And I looked over at her and she was crying. I hope you can join us for Keep the Faith Saturday night at 10 on 101.5 Word FM W-O-R-D. The IRS doesn't mess around. If they want your money, they'll take it. They can take your paycheck and bank accounts too, even threaten your home or business. Don't take on the IRS alone. If you owe back taxes, the smartest thing you can do is call Optima Tax Relief. The experts at Optima specialize in a powerful IRS tax assistance program called the Fresh Start Initiative. And their clients that qualify are saving thousands. One call starts the process to stop the demand letters, stop aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS from targeting you. But don't delay. It's important to act now while you still have options. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Optima has already resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get your life back. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for your free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Many of you have been praying and giving generously to help the people of war-torn Ukraine. Churches with strong ties to Pittsburgh have been supplying food, shelter, and medicine to thousands of refugees, along with the gospel and love of Jesus Christ. And amazingly, a great revival has broken out there. This Sunday at First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, hear church planter Rich Carell tell of the incredible ways God is at work, even in war. For more info, visit fpcp.org. I think we can all agree that every moment at Eden shaped us and impacted who we are right now. The faith modeled by teachers at Eden Christian Academy has a profound impact on students' lives. We carry with us more than the academics, but a strong, Christ-centered foundation. I would just like to thank my teachers, my mentors, my family members, and my friends who have done the best they could to help me in this next phase of my life. Eden Christian Academy, enrolling pre-K through 12th grade at EdenChristianAcademy.org. In those days, ten men from all the nations will take hold of the garment of a Jew and say, We want to go with you, for we know that God is with you. Join Messianic Jewish evangelist Rabbi Kurt Schneider as he shares authentic teaching from the Old and New Testaments, unfolding revelation today for your brighter tomorrow on Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Monday through Friday at 1.30 p.m. here on 101.5 Word FM. I was on the um, the Next Door app. You're familiar with it, Kath? Oh, are you kidding me? Right. First of all, when you say that you're on the Next Door app, yeah. either either you you have very little in your life. <laughs> no, or, it's citizen or, journalism. It, it, it's something that like that. No, it is. It, on and, ca- my, on, <laughs> and cats. <laughs> on my next door app, there's so much information about local cats. cats. I can't get over it. It is. Citizen journalism. Anyway, I'm, I'm looking at next door today, and someone's going, hey, I'm afraid my, you know, I'm a people's gas customer, and someone told me my gas prices are going to rise 60% this yeah. winter because things are going to be crazy. Jerry Boyer's with us. Jerry's been a regular guest on our show for many years. Uh, he, he is a, an economist, an author as well, and uh, a podcaster. Jerry, welcome back to the show. Good to see you. 
Uh, great to be with you. Hey, next door. I mean, you're being a good neighbor. I am, right? <laughs> Citizen journalism. Right, love God, love your neighbor, mm-hmm. and sit through their cat stories. <laughs> There's a lot okay, of them. Okay, but are That's you the on, love of neighbor? Are you on next door, Jerry? <laughs> I, I, I'm on next. Okay, see there you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I get a notification. Yes. You know yep. something about oh a coyote yes. spotted yes. right and I'm oh coyote uh, I'm worried about my cat yeah nah. um I mean he's he's down to three legs we don't want to lose any more right <laughs> um so I click on it and then it makes me log in and I forgot my login so mm. I know little snippets of information right. about dangerous animals <laughs> and suspicious looking people <laughs> in walking around the neighborhood. Yes. Someone suspicious was lo- walking down such and such street, but I don't know any more about it. Right. I, that's probably about enough. I'm good with that. So being half informed could be worse than, I don't know, the alternative it's or maybe the, worse than. Uh, it's the age we live in, right? Newspapers pretty much are gone. So we're relying on rumor and innuendo. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, Which might be a step above newspapers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So, how? I mean, we we know the heating prices are going to go up. I mean, at least we're not in Europe. I can't imagine what people are thinking there. But in trying to plan ahead, today's the first cold. I mean, I was outside today because my car broke down, and it was pretty cold. It made me think about what we might be looking forward to. Yeah. Um, sorry about your car. Um, you, you know, when you take it in, you can get a dental visit at the same time if you, if you like coordinate things <laughs> properly. Um, Thank you for listening. Sure. <laughs> can you believe the guy's the same street as Fontana? I, I, it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Breaking news. I'm just, it's on I'm next sorry, door. The question? I've forgotten what the question is. <laughs> the question is, we're looking forward to a cold winter. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> it, 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 winter, yes, winter will be colder. Yes, thank Two, you. it'll be more expensive to make it less okay. cold. Uh, three, thank God we're not in Europe. Yep. Um, four, let's take a moment here and say it's not just geography. Uh, that makes Europe a problem. It's public policy. Mm -hmm. And since we are moving in similar public policy directions to the directions that made Europe so incredibly vulnerable to this energy crisis, Mm -hmm. maybe we stop, pump the brake for a moment. Um, uh, You know, you you still do that even without the catalytic converter. (laughs) Pump the brake for a moment and say, do we really want to get rid of fracking Mm. uh, and go with, I don't know, solar panels and windmills? given the fact that Europe has had two great experiments with this uh, in our generation. One is they did it in the aughts and early tens, um, and they spent all this money on green energy. It didn't work out. And that triggered the European debt crisis, which troubled the continent from about 2010 to 2015. And again, now that's more in the Mediterranean area. That was mainly a Spain, Italy thing. And then Germany and um, Northern Europe, doing their own experiments with green energy, um, which now have left them completely vulnerable to either extortion from Russia or to terroristic attacks on the infrastructure. So can we look at that and see that as a cautionary tale? I hope we can. Now, wait, Chair. You know, less than a decade ago, you'd be driving around and you'd see all these pickup trucks with Texas and Oklahoma license plates. These were the frackers. Everyone's selling their farmland in Butler County or Westmoreland County to the frackers. What happened? I mean, fracking hasn't gone away, has it? Well, one of the things that happened is that the price of natural gas dropped a lot. I mean, recently it's gone up tremendously, but it had been going down for several years. Um, and so there was less fracking going on because the natural gas was, 
you know, less costly. Well, why was it less costly? Because we produced a lot of yeah. it. That, that's a good thing. That's a nice thing. When you produce so much of an essential good or service that the price drops, um, then, you know, and that, that's good for consumers. It's not so good for the frackers, but that's the risk of business. You get in there, you and you make investments, you make a lot of profit sometimes. And then, of course, politicians come along and say, oh, they're making millions of dollars and they've got 40 percent returns and we need to hike their taxes and have windfalls, you know, ignoring the fact that maybe in two years they'll lose money for three or four or five years in a row. Um, so you see less fracking going. You're going to see more fracking probably, right, because of the increase in natural gas prices and because you know, even possible shortages. The other thing is that the public policy direction of the current uh, uh, governor has been more hostile to fracking than in the past, and I think that's probably also a detriment. Okay. So we're going to see rising gas prices yeah. here. Okay, so uh, l- let me go back to the next door, right? 60% they're saying, I mean, this is just someone's conjecture. Yeah. I mean, what's that look like? I mean, do you shop for natural gas? I mean, I know you're an economist, but I'm asking you like a consumer well, sure. awareness. Yeah, as a matter of fact, when in an earlier phase of my career, I ran a think tank, the Allegheny Institute. And we actually had a center uh, for competitive markets and through that center helped write the public policy for Pennsylvania, which allowed you to choose different natural gas um, see, providers, really? right, as, long, as well as different electricity providers. Now, that doesn't stop you from a general price hike, right? And right. when natural gas prices are going up, you know, competition doesn't doesn't mean someone can come along and you know sell for much much less. It just means it doesn't go up as much. So this is a budgeting situation. I mean, what do you do? You you pay it, right? Uh, yeah, but you, do. What you probably do is you conserve more, and everybody knows how to do that, right? Like I, I realized, I talked to uh, Susan a couple of days ago. I thought, you know what? I need to go and get the big thick plastic thing that goes up at the top of the second floor up up above the attic that keeps the cold air from you know coming down from the attic which is leakier and we're going to have to do go to the trouble of you know putting all the insulation there we have insulation with the house but also around the windows you have to go to the trouble of doing that right and also you maybe have to adjust your concept of what's um what's cold what's too cold or what's not and maybe wear a sweater indoors i don't want to sound like jimmy carter uh, saying you have to wear the sweater. But see, I'm, what I'm saying is if you have bad public policy, middle class poor people yeah. and poor people have to wear a sweater. Mm-hmm. Now, I would rather have good public policy and have natural gas aplenty inexpensively. And you don't have to do that. But that's the choice. That, those are the choices that we've made politically. Right. Uh, because we fell for what I think are really apocalyptic claims about the risk of climate change. Uh, based more on fear than on reality, um, based on politicians who thought we could disobey the laws of supply and demand, who promised magic and we believed them, mm-hmm. uh, resentment against energy companies because it's easy to say oil companies, blah, 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 and, and hate them and envy them. Okay, great. This is this is the world that we create when we give into that. Okay, so then solar energy, wind farms, and we're being sold electric cars all those, you know, oh, this is the future, not necessarily like the savior people are, are touting them to be. Well, a- electric cars are just coal burners, yeah, coal and oil yeah. burners. I, it's so odd to me that people call the, these them zero emission. It's just the emission takes place Elsewhere. someplace else, yeah. right? And then uh, uh, in electric infrastructure, an already overtaxed grid, 
takes the electricity from the coal-fired or the natural gas or the oil-fired plant and brings it to you at some loss of the electricity because electricity doesn't, you know, doesn't move perfectly, frictionlessly. It's not a superconductor. You lose some of that. So there's some inefficiency built into that. And the other thing is, you know, some of the environmental issues with electric cars are pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, some of those rare earths that your caller mentioned before, some of those, you know, uh, that were dependent on China for and that are high, highly toxic. Um, there's a lot of mining in the supply chain, some of it done by child labor that might be cancer causing. So you might feel really like virtue signaling when you get into your electric car because no one can see the coal or the child cancer in the supply chain. Uh, but if you're really taking this seriously, you stop for a moment and say, you know, am I really counting the cost? Am I really being better than anybody else? And just just in terms of grown up thinking, I mean, does anyone seriously think if we all of a sudden had half of the cars in America, not even all of a sudden, over 10 or 15 or 20 years uh, took half of the cars in America to electricity? Does anyone think our electric grid could handle that? No, no. we no. still have well, yeah, we, in the in the not. in the summer when everyone has their air conditioner on. We get brownouts and blackouts. Yep. Think about how much more a car has to do in terms of energy. Right. Moving tons for you know, 10, 20 miles compared to an air conditioner. And do we really think our electric grid can handle that? No, but we're engaged in magical thinking. And, um, and I think magical thinking is what happens when you're not engaged in biblical thinking, which emphasizes prudence and wisdom and trade-offs and self-restraint. And then we'll give in to whatever promises politicians can make or the manipulations of the ruling class. But this is going to be forced upon us, this, this lack of prudence, lack of wisdom. I mean, California has already said by 2035, no uh, no gas-powered vehicles, new vehicles are going to be sold in their state. Here it comes. I, I know. It's unbelievable. Although I might question forced upon us because, you know, California elected its government. Um, right. So it ultimately, I understand that there's also sort of like more permanent government, you know, like civil service and bureaucracy, et cetera. But they're appointed ultimately by elected officials. We got We get the government we want. And what I would say as a Christian is we get the government that happens when we don't fully witness to a biblical worldview um, and give people the ability to engage in critical thinking and have biblical wisdom about these issues. So we will have crisis after crisis, whether it's an energy crisis here or an energy crisis in Europe, um, which happened because Europe traded Christianity for Gaia worship. That made them vulnerable to that. And a Ukrainian crisis that came, frankly, because earlier generations of Americans uh, thought gave into a utopian idea that this is the end of history. Democracy had won. There aren't going to be any more wars. And so we had unrealistic ideas about the vulnerability of Ukraine and the possible future aggression of Russia. And so various kinds of utopian thinking, which the Bible is hostile to. The Bible is hostile to the idea that, you know, politicians can get rid of risk and evil in the world. Only God is sovereign and we live in a fallen world. And by God's grace, we can mitigate some of that fallenness. You know, we sweat, we sweat by our brow, but you can have some air conditioning, at least when you don't have a brownout to get rid of some of that. But it has a more constrained, realistic view. But we we didn't go that way. And so every crisis that I see that's in the news right now is a crisis that was created when somebody set aside biblical wisdom for some form of the idea of utopianism by expert and central planning elites. 
Excellent. Jerry Boyer is with us. He is the host of the new podcast, Meeting of Minds, also author of The Maker versus the Takers, What Jesus Really Said About Social Justice and Economics. We're going to talk next, a bear market. Apparently, we're in it. We're going to talk about what it is and what that means for us. It's next. It's the Thursday edition of The Ride Home. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Hello? Hey, stranger. Oh, hi. Thank goodness it's you. I was afraid to answer the phone. Why? What's up? The credit card companies are after me. They want me to make payments and the calls never stop. Ouch. Been there before, but I got help from Trinity Debt Management. Trinity? Yeah. I called and right away, Trinity contacted my creditors and got my interest rates cut in half. They ended all the late fees and over limit charges and they stopped those annoying phone calls. Bet that was a relief. Yep. Then they put me on a plan that consolidated my bills into one easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now I'm debt free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here, write this down and call 1-800-936-5496. Can you repeat that? 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. Christian television is one of the best ways to tell the world the truth, where you don't have to live in chaos, and you can access peace and hope, and that there is a God who loves you. Bridge of Hope is coming soon on Cornerstone Television Network. Get involved and hear from special guests Auntie Ann Beeler, founder of Auntie Ann's Pretzels, David and Nicole Binion, Jay Gilbert, Mike Smalley, and Jennifer Evaz. Join us October 3rd through 7th at 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television Network. Being a believer in Christ means a lifelong pursuit of getting to know God better. The devotional book titled God Is examines 26 attributes of God, one short chapter at a time. As you request a copy of the book from Truth For Life today, you'll learn about God's patience, His holiness, His faithfulness, just to name a few. And you'll learn how these characteristics were perfectly displayed in the Lord Jesus. Visit truthforlife.org slash donate. Want to say big on new blinds? Blindster.com offers custom-made blind shades and shutters shipped directly to you at prices less than big box retailers. Shop Blindster now and save 45% off any order. Just use code RADIO. Offer ends soon. Shop today. Blindster.com. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Premature birth is the number one killer of babies. Those who survive often face birth defects and complications that affect them for life. For hundreds of thousands of families in the United States, this is the hardest thing they will ever have to face. And it's even harder on the baby. March of Dimes is providing education and support to families and funding life-saving research to give every baby a fighting chance. You can help. Do something today. Give them tomorrow at marchadimes.org slash tomorrow. Clear skies for tonight with a low of 42. Tomorrow, sunshine followed by clouds, the high 67. Tomorrow night, we'll see a little rain from Tropical Rainstorm Ian Late. Otherwise, mostly cloudy skies, low 51. Saturday, some rain from Tropical Rainstorm Ian and a high of 61. Sunday, clouds followed by a brightening sky, high 65. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. back with Jerry Boyer, part two. 
Jerry, while we're talking about uh, winter and economics and all that sort of stuff, um, I was sitting here, I think it was maybe last Thursday, when the Wall Street Journal alert came on my iPad during the show and it said that we have officially entered a bear market. Um, is that the kind of thing that can, like, is that a state that one moves into? Like, is there a, a line of demarcation? Oh, we can't hear you, Jerry. Hello? There oh, we hello, go. Hello. Now we can. All right, good, good. It's one of those things um, where some arbitrary number, I think it's negative 20% um, for a major index, uh, makes it a bear market. Like like if, you're, if your portfolio was down 19%, eh, you know, then it goes down another percent. What? <laughs> it's a bear market. Right. Uh, and and then next door will tell you there's a bear sighting in the neighborhood. Oh exactly. no, a bear! You and you're going to have to call me because you don't know your access. Exactly. Is there really a bear? Oh no, Jerry. They went on to say bear market. Right. Um, Kathy Evans um, will know. Just call her. Right. She'll know. So I mean, it's a little bit like the definition of a recession. You know, a lot of people people ask me this all the time: Are we in a recession? Are we going into a recession? And my answer is generally: I don't really care that much. Um, if the definition of a recession is two quarters in a row of negative economic growth, well, let's say it's negative 0.001 and then negative 0.001. And then the quarter after that, it's up 6% and up 6%. Oh, well, that's not so bad. Uh, but if you grow like half a percent, half a percent, half a percent, half a percent, half a percent for two years, that's okay because it's not a recession. These arbitrary numbers are more things about headlines mm. than they are about economic reality. So um, people know that they've lost money, probably, um, if they're you know in the stock market and even in the bond market. And that's something that's, I think, particularly painful for people because a lot of people had the idea that you can't really lose money right. in the bond market because you get interest payments. Yeah, but the price, the value of the bonds fluctuates. So that can go down. And I have been warning for like a decade about this. All the older people whose financial advisors say, well, if once you get to a certain age, you got to put 50% and then 60% and then 70% into bonds so you'll be nice and safe. doesn't feel safe. No. Um, so so, so it's, it's painful, but I kind of want to go zoom out big picture, right? Which is, well, why do we have this? Well, we have this because we had a bubble. So if we just talk about the bear market, which is the bursting of a bubble, and we don't talk about the bubble, we're really missing you know, an important part of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, why did we have a bubble? Oh, well, we had a bubble because we created this institution, the Federal Reserve Bank. We gave them incredible power when we created them. Then over the decades, we kept giving them more power decade after decade. And then during the fear and terror of the Great Recession, we gave them power beyond anything they'd ever had before. Because when we're frightened, we say, save us, Caesar. Um, and so we gave them enormous amounts of power. And then we had a pandemic. And instead of our public health officials saying, okay, we've got a pandemic and it's deadly, but we're going to balance this against other risks because if we shut the economy down, we're going to get more suicide and we're going to get more addiction. Instead, we had very, very broad shutdowns, which caused the economy to seriously contract. So the central bank came along and produced just enormous amounts of money. And that pushed up the stock and bond markets. Um, and so at some point when they're pushing that enormous amount of money into the economy, that's too much money chasing too few goods and it caused inflation. And then they've got a pretty tough choice. 
well, we can fight inflation by pulling money out of the economy, but it's going to cause we're going to pop the bubble and we're probably going to get a recession or we might be um, or we're going to get a bear market. So right now we're in that area of every week the Fed is trying to say, well, which thing are we going to do this week? Are we going to fight inflation or are we going to avoid a recession? Well, I want to zoom out and say, OK, there's cause and effect here. And the cause is the creation of the bubble based on the violation of a principle of unjust weights and measures. The Bible says unjust, differing weights and measures are a to toba, an abomination. We have adopted that abomination practice, according to the Bible, constantly fluctuating value of money based on really special interest groups. And we've said, oh, that's just the way things work in the modern world. And it created a bubble. And now we have the painful contraction of the bubble popping. Hmm. Who are those special interest groups? Well, OK, uh, large financial institutions run the essentially the plumbing system. Like like these like these special programs that the Fed started, you know, with it was started with the Great Recession, but yep. continued Operation Twist and QE and everything. BlackRock was hired by the Fed, which is the largest asset manager in the world to manage that. So when you have inflationary policies, um, who benefits the most? Well, the parties that benefit the most are the ones who get the money first. So there's this great money spigot. The central bank is creating this money. Well, who gets the money first? Answer. Government gets the money first because it's used to buy government bonds. So it goes into the Treasury um, and to the financial system, but not regional banks. It's the giant money center banks. So they get the money first and then the money comes out to the rest of us and we get the leftovers. And by then it's become inflationary. So there's a, what's going on is a transfer of wealth from savers in the middle class, especially older people who are savers who end up getting passbook savings account returns of something near zero. What my mom calls me and says, Jerry, I can't get any, you know, I, I, you know, I can't get any return on my CD. I can't get any, any return in my savings account. Well, okay. Somebody benefited from that. The people who benefited from that were the people who got the money from the federal government when it was out there pushing the interest rates down the administrators of those programs, the plumbing system, and that's the financial system. So it's all, it, it gets so complicated that people don't really see what's going on. When you kind of take out all the middle steps and just see beginning and end, it is a transfer of wealth from savers in the middle class upward to the ruling class, political edition and financial edition. And that's what's been happening. Fascinating. Jerry Boyer's with us. We need to take a break. When we come back, Jerry, we're going to change routes completely. We're taking a fork in the road. I want to ask you about mentorship. Mentorship. I want to ask you about the people who poured into you to make you who you are, the people you pour into, and what you have to share with us about the process. That's next. Right home. One oh one point five W O R D. This week on Truth for Life, Alistair Begg takes a closer look at what happens when Jesus transforms a life. Find out how and why we're saved and why it's important for us to remember what we were like before our conversion. Listen every day to Truth for Life 
with Alistair Begg. Truth for Life with Alistair Begg. Tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD. If you owe the IRS 10000 or more in taxes, please listen to this important message. The IRS is aggressively hiring and quickly ramping up their tax collection team. Act now and protect yourself with a call to Tax Alliance. Don't let the money you owe the IRS keep you up at night and ruin your life. You may be surprised at how much having Tax Alliance on your side can protect you from the IRS collections and help you save thousands on what you owe. Here's what a customer had to say. Tax Alliance did an amazing job helping me through a quite difficult situation, saving me tens and thousands of dollars that I would have been paying for many years to come. Tax Alliance is rated A-plus with a Better Business Bureau with no consumer complaints. If you owe the IRS at least 10000 or more in back taxes, have unfiled returns, or have a payment plan and are still frustrated, call Tax Alliance now for a free consultation. 800-987-1054. 800-987-1054. That's 800-987-1054. Tax Alliance, your tax resolution solution. I was at a big family get-together recently. There were four generations and a zillion people there. And I was sitting in the back corner of the room with Grandpa. Ryan, he says, it seemed like yesterday this room was just me. The days are long, but the years are way too short. At United Faith Mortgage, the best part of my job is helping new home buyers. Because I often get to hear about life's little things. My son saw the treehouse in the backyard and we knew it was home. Or, this will be our first basement. We're going to make it an awesome game room. As the years fly by, way too short. I believe that God has given us these kind of little things in the middle of the chaos. It's simply our job to notice and appreciate them. If you happen to be thinking new home, I hope you'll consider us. We're committed to Word FM and one-on-one white glove service. And... We also have this fancy direct lender advantage thing that can often save you money at unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. And a lesson for 1330. That's the Lady Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. I think we can all agree that every moment at Eden shaped us and impacted who we are right now. The faith modeled by teachers at Eden Christian Academy has a profound impact on students' lives. We carry with us more than the academics, but a strong, Christ-centered foundation. I would just like to thank my teachers, my mentors, my family members, and my friends who have done the best they could to help me in this next phase of my life. Eden Christian Academy, enrolling pre-K through 12th grade at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Talking to Jerry Boyer. He is an economist, an author, a podcaster, and a friend of ours who joins us on a monthly basis. Hey, Jared, John and I were talking about mentorship uh, several times actually over the last week. And so we thought of you as we were uh, doing our uh, pre show prep today. And um, I wondered about the people who made you you. Do you have a mentor? Has there been a mentor in your life, like an official person? Consistent uh, over, uh, uh, you know, the decades. There've been different ones. I guess the first yes. one was my was my pop up, my okay. grandfather. Uh, when my father left, he was my uh, my role model, um, and so I'm really shaped by him as an entrepreneur, um, mm. as uh, as a thinker. Uh, I mean, we have very different views. He was an atheist, and I'm a Christian. Uh, he was a socialist, and I'm a free market person. Um, but pop pop. Um, was a machinist, but he also owned his own business. He worked with his family and he read books. Um, and so a lot of people don't understand. There's a whole lot of people who who are, you know, they work with their hands, mm-hmm. who are also essentially intellectuals yes. uh, who read the great mm-hmm. books. 
uh, when he died, I inherited his library. And then that had a, bi a big effect on mm. me. But then I didn't have mentors for a while. So in high school, what I would do is I would basically skip almost all my classes and just go to the library and read through the great books collection. Um, and I realized later they were my mentors who replaced my grandfather. So Aristotle mm. was my mentor and Plato was my mentor and Thomas Aquinas was my mentor. Um, so the great thinkers were they were friends and they were mentors. And I thought of them as people who I wanted to learn from. They were they were really my group of 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 advisors about how to look at the world. Uh, then not long after that, there was a pastor, a, a guy by the name of Jack Kinnear. Uh, okay. who was planting a church in, in my community. Um, and he mentored me, gave me a lot of books to read and discipled me. And um, he had a PhD, which is unusual for a church planter. So mm -hmm. I learned a lot from him. So there've been, there've been a lot, and there's different areas of life. There's intellectual life, there's business life, there's um, sort of emotional and relational life. I think of the late Ron Morris here from, from, yeah. from Pittsburgh, serial entrepreneur, mm -hmm host of the American Entrepreneur, really mm -hmm. mentored me on how to be a better entrepreneur. Um, so, and I miss him uh, almost uh, almost every day. Um, and then I think you're, you're kind of in a position like this too. You get to meet your heroes because you yeah. do an interview show. Yep. Right. You know, like, you know. You. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I could read, say, a Tom Wright or a George Gilder. Yeah. Uh, for years and years, yep. and then eventually interview them, or Peter Thiel, yep. and eventually interview them. And sometimes those have become friendships and mentorships. Right. So they are mentors to me, uh, but I might have been reading them five or 10 years before that relationship actually became a thing. And I would say that's kind of chiefly what's going on right now in terms of mentorship. Interesting. A, a lot. I think a lot of people, Jerry, uh, have all this wisdom, and especially believers have biblical wisdom, and feel themselves unworthy or unable to pass that knowledge and wisdom along. Do you think? Yes, I, I think that's true. Um, some, some maybe don't have that much wisdom. To, well, <laughs> and, here's what and I see. To, yeah. It's really interesting. I see there's almost like a negative correlation between how much wisdom you have and your willingness to pass it along. Right. So people who have a lot of wisdom kind of hold back a little more. Mm -hmm. That's um, true. And then there, I see there are a lot of people in the Christian community. They've got like maybe a fourth of an idea and boom, book, video series, <laughs> speaking tour. That is yeah. so true. TV, syndicated TV ministry. Yeah. Um, and they're like, fame like crazy, a couple of hundred thousand Twitter followers, and they're that deep, uh -huh. right? And their, their real skill set is self-promotion. And I see other people who've really put in the time and energy and made the tough decisions and have developed real depth who frequently don't get any attention at all. Um, and that really bothers me. And I really try to follow those people. So yeah. sometimes you, on my podcast, you might hear me interviewing someone who's not super well-known, but they have tremendous insight, but they didn't have the self-promotion gene. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't like to actually interview famous people that much because a high, high proportion of famous people only really have one skill set, which is getting famous. But yeah, if people, if you have wisdom, how do you know if you have wisdom? Do responsible people who really need help come and ask you advice? That's different mm. than followers. or That's different than celebrity. So to be a celebrity is to have a minimal influence on a large number of people. To be a mentor is to have a huge influence on a small yeah. number of people. Good so point. which are you? If you're the second kind, then maybe you stretch to help more people. If you're the first kind, I don't know, maybe rethink your career path. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. That's, that's, those are very, very good points, Jerry. Um, years ago, I don't know what year this was, but I bet you'll be able to tell me. Um, 
I listened to you faithfully when you had a talk show host in the Pittsburgh market. You won twelve fifty then thirteen twenty. Yeah. Wait, was it twelve? Uh, yes, yes, thirteen twenty. Yes. Okay. How many years did you do that? Five years. Okay. Did Susan just say that? See, she is the chief. <laughs> she's the archivist. She she's the, uh, I love the that. official historian. That's your left hand. Radio. I love that. Very good. Anyway, you mentored me in those days. Mm-hmm. Oh, so nice. I want to say That's, thank you for that. Well, my guess is that people mentoring me mentored you, right? Yeah, that, sure. Uh, that I would like bring Ron on Moore. people. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And maybe histor- maybe biographers sure. of people who are great thinkers. Remember, we had a slogan, which is to spend some time every day in the company of the wisest men and mm. women who've ever lived. Because the theme verse for me then was, he who walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Mm. And there was a certain segment of people in Pittsburgh but it, the ratings never said it was super successful. But I still hear it from you and from others. You, you know, decades later, what a big impact that had on them. So small, but deep, yep. apparently. And Very it, good. it yep. did on me. And I think you guys are doing the same thing. Yeah. We're trying. Hey, Jer, always you, a Jer. pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Really, our time is ever so short, but it's a chock full of a lot of different things here. Wonderful. Thanks so much. Oh, my pleasure. God bless. Our pleasure. Jerry, uh, Jerry Boyer, the podcast, wherever your podcasts are, of Minds, Meeting of Minds, Jerry Boyer, or his book, The Maker Versus the Takers, What Jesus Really Said About Social Justice and Economics. Check them out. Charlie Dombeck here from Key City Capital. As a practicing CPA for nearly 30 years, I have found that 80% of your ability to grow your wealth is dependent upon two factors, taxes and investment performance. At Key City Capital, we improve investment performance by diversifying capital into off-market investment opportunities in passive rental real estate and alternatives like asset-backed lending. We recover dollars that clients unnecessarily pay in the form of income taxes, creating a lifetime annuity of savings. We are a sponsor of passive, affordable, single and multifamily residential rental investments, which are located in Sunbelt landlord-friendly states. These investments are the top choices in a rising interest rate and inflationary environment. They represent a store of value protecting your capital from market volatility. Learn how we at Key City Capital can help you ultimately grow your wealth rapidly. Connect with me at keycitycapital.com or give me a call at 817-912-1569. You've all helped build MyPillow into this amazing company. And now, Mike Glendell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. Hey, this is John Hall. The Percale and Giza Dream Bed Sheet Sets are available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're all on sale for as low as $29.98 with our listener promo code. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale and Giza Dream Sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. These come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. This offer will not last long, so order now with promo code WORD at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bed sheets. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. 
Do you have a passion for helping others? Turn it into a rewarding career at LifeSteps. LifeSteps is hiring caring people to make a difference in the lives of individuals with disabilities. Full-time and part-time positions available with opportunities close to home. No degree or experience necessary. LifeSteps offers flexible schedules, paid training, and generous benefits. Make a difference today. Call 724-283-1010 or visit LifeSteps.net. LifeSteps is an equal opportunity employer. Meet Brad. Brad's hard at work, or at least his website is. Ever since he added live chat with Salem Surround, Brad's customers are getting their questions answered 24-7. Website purchases have gone up 35%, and they're over three times more likely to buy from him again. No bots, just real people helping real people. Live chat, one of the easiest, most affordable ways Salem Surround can increase your business while you do other things, or nothing at all. Ask us how at surroundpittsburgh.com. Earlier in uh, the day, automotive tragedy struck. I don't mean tragedy. I'm putting that, you know, I'm using that word. Calamity. Automotive calamity, John. Thank you. Struck. Um, I went to uh, my church this morning and I drove to the church and everything was fine. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, it was fine. And I came out of church and this was happening. Mm-hmm. So my car sounded like. Mm-hmm. So I had to call AAA and I have to give a shout out because I had about the best tow truck driver. Hey. Seriously, probably the best tow truck driver I've had in the totality of my driving That's years. a tough job. I want to give a shout out Seriously. to Enrico Rizzo. Who? From, uh, Enrico Rizzo. Very nice. From Advantage Towing in Carnegie. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, I, I told him to meet me in the back of Seven Parkway Center. Yeah. And he called me on a cell and he said, what's the back and what's the front of this building? Yeah, that's the problem. I said, you know what? I've, I've worked here for 10 years. I have no idea. Right. Just keep driving until you see some lady outside her car. Is that the front? Uh, I don't know. Arby's? We don't know. I don't know. Th- this, yeah. is, this is the back. So, oh, pa- so facing the parkway is the back. Doesn't make well, that's any sense. Dumb. Yeah, it is dumb. I can still call it the front. Anyway, so I told Enrico apparently to go to the back when I should have told him to go to the front. Mm. Anyway, he showed up. He he said, "What's going on with the car?" I told him. He said, "Yeah, it sounds like it could be an exhaust thing." Then he turned the car on. Mm. Yeah. And what did he say then? He said, "Catalytic You're converter. screwed. No. <laughs> Anyway, he deposited it safely at Dennis's shop okay. uh, in in the North Hills, and so I feel good about it. But I want to thank um, him for doing such a good job. Thanks, so Enrico. three cheers to Enrico and Advantage Towing. Okay, how Carnegie. about you know? So where you are right now is like this gigantic swath. Yes, of it is anxiety gray area because you're waiting for the surgeon to come into the room and pronounce judgment, which essentially announces judgment on your pocketbook. I think. And it perhaps might pronounce judgment on my car. You think it's not it dead? Has, it has 95000 on it. Come on. Cars are built today to go? The question is, is this car built today? Okay, to I do know from past times, because I've done this with you, I've checked your oil, mm-hmm. so it's already a leaker. It's a leaker. It's a big-time leaker. We just checked the oil Sunday, though. Yeah. So it's not like we've, not like we're checking it once a month or something. Right. So I think we're okay unless something terrible's happened. Remember years ago, you used to go, you used to you'd say this, I'll never buy a Chevy because they took government bailout money and that was wrong. <laughs> I'm did, not going to do that. that. I'm never going to buy a Chevy. 
And then all of a sudden you bought a Chevy, and I was like, whatever happened to that strong stand about the government bail? So much you go, for my moral Well, it's a nice car. It's a nice car. It was on, I listen, like it. I bought it used, and it was on the lot, and it was a good price. And mm-hmm. so I forgot all of my- Was that the one that had the Bible in the glove box? Yeah. That's not why I bought it, because all the cars on the lot had Bibles in their glove box. That's not a reason to buy a car, though. No, it's not. But right. it was it was a good price. That's why I bought the car. Maybe it's a good price for a reason. <laughs> it's not as bad. As, I still, it's not as bad as the Murano. The mm. Nissan Murano I bought was the worst car ever of all of my years. This is the wor- terrible. What? I had to replace three axles. What? On and- one car. I never replaced an axle in any car. Of my course whole not. Life. Who does that? I replaced three in that car. Listen, if you need a used car or any car, you're going to be in trouble because you know. I'm you don't want to. Why are you saying roof. that? Because it's supposed like, to say, Kathy, don't worry. You're telling you're me, you know, all these all these stories of like gloom and doom about what may be happening. What? Because of my top four at four. You want to drive the station vehicle with all the logos on? <laughs> I've at, least done it, that. at least it doesn't have our faces on it like it used to. <laughs> I've yeah. driven that vehicle with our faces on it, and people I knew saw me and made fun of me. <laughs> How about the guy that wrote the nasty message in Home Depot's oh, parking lot? That was horrible Remember, as well. That was right, bad. right. Occupational hazard when you. No I mean, the humiliation knows no end, no. does it not? Heaven help us. All right, we're going to reset for the 5 o'clock hour. The McKeesport Daily News, that newspaper, we'll talk about that and the rise of local journalism next. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. For healthcare. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. After Hurricane Ian, hundreds of hospital patients are being evacuated now from facilities across the Fort Myers region in Florida. We're in the process of evacuating two health care facilities to safer locations north. Governor Ron DeSantis in his morning briefing. Hospitals have been hit by three main issues, power outages, floodwaters, and one large health system. Without water in all of their facilities. Florida Hospital Association President Mary Mayhew says that system's fast approaching a point where they will not be able to safely take care of their patients. At least nine hospitals affected and 1,200 patients being evacuated. Meantime, the Florida Healthcare Association says about 3,400 residents have been moved from more than 40 nursing homes. I'm Ben Thomas. The storm is expected to next impact South Carolina. This is SRN News. Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the digital marketing specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, 101.5 Word FM and Salem Surround have an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. 
Dan owed an unbelievable amount of money to the IRS. I got behind on my taxes. It's a horrible feeling. He was in denial. And when I got those letters from the IRS, you wanted to act like they didn't exist. Finally, Dan turned to Optima Tax Relief, the leading tax resolution firm. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, they've resolved over $1 billion for their clients. Optima got me a settlement with the IRS. These people are really people-friendly. It was every bit of a new lease on life for me. The fast action and the great results made Dan's head spin. I felt like I was in a dream, but it's real, and I have paperwork to prove it. They got the job done, and life is good. For tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. If you're worried about what's going to happen with the IRS, stop worrying. Make the call now. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Testimonial from an actual client. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. My heart was racing just making spaghetti. I could have waited to tell my doctor, but I didn't wait. I was short of breath just reading a book. I could have delayed telling my doctor, but I didn't wait. They told their doctors and found out they have atrial fibrillation, a condition which makes it about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you have one or more of these symptoms, irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, this is no time to wait. Contact your doctor. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. Clear skies for tonight with a low of 42. Tomorrow, sunshine followed by clouds, the high 67. Tomorrow night, we'll see a little rain from Tropical Rainstorm Ian Late. Otherwise, mostly cloudy skies, low 51. Saturday, some rain from Tropical Rainstorm Ian at a high of 61. Sunday, clouds followed by a brightening sky, high 65. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Portions of the following program have been pre-recorded. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. You know, I know they're building a new airport. I was surprised that they, they were building a new airport, and uh, even more so surprised at the cost of the airport and who's paying for the new airport. A $1.4 billion project to build the I new terminal. I cannot believe it's that much. No taxpayer money. It's all being funded by private sources, okay? Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be on schedule. Of course, it is on, now on schedule. It's going to be completed by early 2025. Uh, 811 square foot terminal. Now, this the terminal's not that old. It's, it's no. only 30 years yeah. old, right? Um, it's going to make life a lot better, says Airport uh, uh, Authority Christina Kisotis, she said the upgrade will be the first major pandemic redesign and construction. Uh, 80% of the work is being done by local firms. 500 workers are working on the site right now. That'll swell to about 1,400 at its peak. The biggest difference between the new terminal and the existing one is that the new one will be positioned right up against the gates. 
Now passengers have to shuttle between the existing landline and airside terminals to get to their gates on the little subway thing. Right. So that's going to go away. The tram goes away. Yeah. Uh, twice as long as the bridge of the existing landside terminal, a five-level parking garage is also going to be added as well. Really? Yeah. A new parking garage? Uh-huh. Yeah. So can you picture in your head how this is going to work? No. Okay, good. I Thank no you. no idea, no. I'm glad to hear that. So if you go to get on a flight now, are you using the tram or is the yes. tram done? No, you're going to get on the tram. Okay. Right. Uh, so, and does it say how long that'll last? How long? What the the tram? Like when does the switchover happen? Yeah, that doesn't talk about that. Okay, whenever that time comes. Uh-huh. Um, f- favorite airports? Do you have like a um, when you think about your travels? Favorite airport? Um, I like Charlotte. Do you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Atlanta's gigantic. Um, I like Houston. Houston, I don't I know I like Houston, Houston airport. Houston has a very sunny airport. Okay. I like that, especially when I'm traveling it for a, over a long distance and you end up in a lot of dark places. Right. You know, if you're going from different time zones, I get really sleepy and I feel out of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I like if I fly through Houston because it kind of cheers, cheers me up. Um, I hate to say this because this is like, I kind of don't mind Philadelphia's airport. Oh, because you're, you're I don't want to, Philadelphia? I don't, I don't want to give props to Philadelphia mm-hmm. if I can avoid it. Minneapolis has a nice airport. Never been there. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Uh, do you like airports? I mean, is I, that... I love airports. Do you? Aren't you excited when you get to an airport? Uh, always. Yes, because I'm always going somewhere. Right, I'm exactly. always excited by that. I don't need much in an airport. Really, I don't. Right. I mean, give me a cup of coffee and I'm good to go. And if, you, if I've got like a two-hour layover, a three-hour layover, bring it. That's fine. Do you like to see a Starbucks? Uh, or a Caribou. Caribou's in Minneapolis, mm. which is a very nice little coffee shop, okay. uh, coffee company. No, I like an airport, right? You want to people watch. You just sit there. Maybe you've got a book or a newspaper or something like that. Of course, you always got your phone. No, it's a place to hang out. People are going this way and that way. You, get you know what I of kind of characters. like when I finally get to the airport? Hmm. I can relax. I know some people are tense at airports. I'm the opposite. Yeah. I'm tense before I leave for the trip. Once you get to the airport, what's there to be tense about? Nothing. You're, you can't affect anything that's about to go on. At that point, you are a piece of luggage. And so I'm, you surrender. So that's when I kind of put my feet up. Right. Get a snack. Right. Open up a book. Go to town. Have you ever been like bumped from a flight and had to spend extended time in an airport? I've never spent, uh, yes, of course that's Hours happened, and hours and hours But I've never spent an overnight at an airport. Neither never slept. Thank goodness. Isn't that amazing with how much yeah, you've flown? Right, yeah. I've never slept Thank overnight. Goodness. How about like, you know, like the frequent flyers belong to the, you know, the specialty airline clubs? Yeah. Mm. I would like to do that. That's, My dad that. did that. Yeah, very nice. And I, when I was a kid, I thought that that was like if I was an adult... I would get to that A little stage. extra pampering. I could be in the U.S. Air Club mm-hmm. like he was. Right. And you go to the lounge. I went to the lounge when I was a kid. Really? I felt extremely intimidated. Yes. What, really? To be in the lounge. Some in the of the US lounges, lounge. you know, think, in the old days, they had showers. Do they even have lounges anymore? I think so. Do I they? think there's still a, you know, a frequent flyer you know, kind of club. The, you know, I don't think, be. I bet, no. I don't know if there is. No, there is. There'd have to be. Because for, you know, yeah. For they, the RF, look, they have cut. Everything, every possible plus no, applying to the bone. There's still the VIPs, right? The first class passengers, not us back in cattle steerage. No, you know, for those those people on the upper levels. Okay, listen to this. One time, I'm flying back from the West Coast, okay? And it was one of those times when I had gotten to the airport. I was in uh, 
Santa Ana, like in the Orange County section, Orange County Airport. And I had gotten to the airport. It was an evening flight. And it had been delayed. Okay. And so by the time I got to Phoenix, which I think was my my uh, layover, it was really late. And I was a little frustrated. You know what I mean? You see, you're not you're not at your best. So I ended up it, it was long. I, I got diverted to a different place. Anyway, by the time I got on the airplane to get to go from Phoenix straight to here, it was late and I was harried. Okay, so my hair's kind of crazy. I'm carrying my bags on my back because I've been shuffled from one airplane to another. And uh, I'm a little irritated with the whole thing. My seat is the very last one mm. by the bathroom, mm. which is my mm. least favorite seat on the whole airplane. I despise that seat. Of course. How'd you book that? that Why'd you book that? Because I was shifted from one, air, from Ooh, one, geez, one flight to another. Anyway, so I get on. And of course, you have to walk through first class. To get to your horrible, like, you know, seat of humiliation <laughs> in the back. And as I'm walking through, and I'm sweating at this point because I've been running through schlepping the airport, schlepping right. everything, somebody says, Oh, hi, Kathy. I look over. It's a friend of mine from high school mm. who's wearing a beautiful outfit, mm. ready to, and she's there with her beautiful children, and she's ready, ready to take a seat in her. Mm. Wide berth, first class. Mm, thinking about a martini. <laughs> right. <laughs> and there's you are. Wish you had a Snickers bar. <laughs> Sorry I for you. I looked like yeah. who mm. did it and ran, and there she was. Yeah, and did she come back and visit you in the last no. row, right, next to the stinky bathroom? <laughs> Could I have a bag of peanuts, please? <laughs> I right. never, Later. ever, when I'm walking through first class, want to hear, mm. oh, hi, Kathy, right. again. Right, Just keep your head down and move forward there. <laughs> Do you, it's funny. I mean, you know, because first class is. Have you flown first class? Only one time. <laughs> Boy, was that nice. Of course it is. I loved it's it lovely. so much. Yeah, it's fabulous. I right. loved everything about it. Right. But, you know, people fly first class like from here to New York City. Why would you do What's that? What's the point of that? I know. There's no point. No. I mean, unless you just, you know, you have money to burn. Right. And you don't want to sit next to steerage. That's right. all. Right. How far did you fly when you were flying to first class? Uh, from here to Chicago. Okay. I flew from here to Nashville. Okay. It was very. You was, need some time. You it was very. Couple nice. of hours to experience. But you know it. what? When you fly, like you know, you've flown Japan Air. Yes, I have. As I have, everybody's first class mm-hmm. in Japan Air. That's lovely. the nicest airline I've Indonesia ever been Air, on. Indonesia Air, very nice. Indonesia Air is very fancy. Mm-hmm. Like the sewer, uh, the flight attendants are oh, spectacular. Tour, but Japan Air. Everyone looks good. That's where you get oh, the best service. Right, right. Anyway, so they're going to build a new airport. Okay. Fabulous. Good. Great. Good for Pittsburgh, right? Because, you know, U.S. Air, what was it? Was that what they were called when they left U.S. Air? Yeah. It, they, they were left, Allegheny first. The airport just went away, basically. And then they were U.S. Air. Right. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, local news. The death of the daily news, how citizen gatekeepers can save local journalism. Can, can local journalism be saved? Next door. Andrew Conte joins us soon. Stick around. 101.5 WORD. Propaganda, lawlessness, violence. Seems to me there's big trouble ahead. That's Alan Jackson with a warning. You could have access to all of Alan Jackson's messages by winning an Apple iPad Air, plus hard copies of his books. To enter, log on to our station website, keyword trouble. When you log on, you'll receive a free download of a chapter from his new book, Big Trouble Ahead. Register now at wordfm.com slash trouble. 
Hurricane Fiona has ravaged the Caribbean with devastating winds, rainfall, flooding. Food for the Poor is already responding to the needs of the victims of the storm. Emergency kits containing food, clean water, and other relief supplies are positioned and ready to go. We need your help to get them to families in need. Your gift of any amount will help these devastated families. Text Send Hope, all one word, to 91999. Text Send Hope to 91999, and we'll send you a link to give. Or click the red Hurricane Fiona banner at wordfm.com. Hurricane Fiona has decimated Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic. 85 mile per hour winds, catastrophic flash floods, mudslides, massive blackouts. The population is devastated. With your help, Food for the Poor is giving relief to storm victims. Your gift of any amount will send even more aid to families devastated by Hurricane Fiona. Please give your best gift now. Text Send Hope, all one word, to 91999. Or click the red Hurricane Fiona banner at wordfm.com. Being a believer in Christ means a lifelong pursuit of getting to know God better. The devotional book titled God Is examines 26 attributes of God, one short chapter at a time. As you request a copy of the book from Truth For Life today, you'll learn about God's patience, His holiness, His faithfulness, just to name a few. And you'll learn how these characteristics were perfectly displayed in the Lord Jesus. Visit truthforlife.org slash donate. Christian television is one of the best way to tell the world the truth, where you don't have to live in chaos, and you can access peace and hope, and that there is a God who loves you. Bridge of Hope is coming soon on Cornerstone Television Network. Get involved and hear from special guests Auntie Ann Beeler, founder of Auntie Ann's Pretzels, David and Nicole Binion, Jay Gilbert, Mike Smalley, and Jennifer Evaz. Join us October 3rd through 7th at 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television Network. Are you ready to deepen your faith on a spectacular nine-day Mediterranean cruise? Join Alistair Begg in August 2023 to renew your vision, purpose, and connection with Christ as Alistair powerfully unpacks God's Word. Explore the biblical landscapes Paul encountered as he shared the gospel along breathtaking cliffside villages. Simply call 855-565-5519 or visit DeeperFaithCruise.com for all the details. Amazing stories. There was a time in America where the, the arrival of the daily newspaper was everything to families. And I, it's hard to overstate the importance of the daily newspaper. And there's a void now. The daily newspaper essentially is gone. I, I, I was, I'm, I'm a subscriber to the print edition of the Post-Gazette, which arrives two days a week, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, I get the uh, Sunday edition of the uh, New York Times. Uh, and when it, I was a kid, it was the North Hills News Record for me yep. and my parents. It was the Press and the Post-Gazette. Mm-hmm. And we'd even get the uh, Polish Falcon newsletter from New Kensington, <laughs> nice. right? So we had four publications that were coming in, and now I we get nothing. Nothing arrives. Not one thing. And so, you know, kids today, when you think about, you know, their connection with the news, their relationship, totally different, I think, than, you know, anybody who's, you know, 40 or over, I believe. Well, Andrew Conti's with us. He's written a brand new book called Death of the Daily News, How Citizen Gatekeepers Can Save Local Journalism. Andrew, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Our pleasure. Yeah. So uh, the assessment's fairly correct. I mean, it's hard to overstate the importance of the newspaper and its demise. Well, right. The the book has this motif of death because we've been through so much pain yeah. and disruption over the last 15 years. But when you get into the story, there's actually a lot of exciting things going on. You know, this is an exciting time for us because... 
everyone now, if you've got a, a smartphone, you can be a broadcaster, you can be a publisher, you can reach anybody in the world if you've got a good enough story. And so that's what we try to focus on. Like, yes, this massive disruption has caused a lot of pain. Uh, but even in McKeesport, where, you know, the Daily News closed after 131 years, wow. it was a, a, a news desert at the beginning. But I wouldn't call it a news desert any longer because there's so much stuff going on there. They, you've got – there's an online news outlet that was there before that they've got more content. You've got uh, the Mon Valley Independent. These uh, four investors down in Manesson said when their paper went away, they said, like, we don't accept that. We're going to start a newspaper. And so they put their own money into it. And now they've got a, a bureau in McKeesport. And then you've got these citizens who are – trying to tell the stories on their own, oftentimes on Facebook or other social media platforms, but we got to help them do a better job of it. Okay, so I'm glad you brought up the rise of the so-called citizen journalist. But, I mean, for me, and I think for a lot of people, one of the important things that newspapers did was they kept people in check, so to speak. Local politicians or union people or whatnot. Mm -hmm. I mean, those investigative reporters were sort of the lifeblood of that, and they held people accountable. That's right. I mean, the banner that journalists have always operated under was comforting the afflicted so yep. anybody who needs help and but also the afflicting the comfortable right so and not just somebody who's you know comfortable because they've got a lot of money but somebody who's got power you know it the thing i always think of is the when the politicians in pennsylvania when they gave themselves a pay raise in the middle right, of the right. night oh, are you kidding me and yep. you know if you wanted a pay raise that's fine do it during the daytime let everybody see it let's discuss it but you did it at night and it was only because the journalists kept raising questions. It was shows like this. They kept talking mm -hmm. about it and putting the pressure on. And they finally had to turn around and say, you know what? All right, we'll give the money back. Right. Yeah. Thank goodness. Right. Okay. So then the idea, though, of a, a, a professional, someone schooled in the idea of journalism, the, the heft and weight of all that, right? That's not to be taken lightly, as opposed to someone who loves the world and all that's in it and is interested in all that and takes it up on their own accord to produce some thread of news and information and accountability. Yeah. Those two things, I get both of those, but there is a huge gulf between the two. Well, I think so. And that's what I'm trying to close with both the, the book and the Center for Media Innovation down at Point Park University is how do we close that gap? And it's, I think part of it is we used to use the there are these society of professional journalists has a code of ethics. And we used to use that to separate the public. Like, okay, you don't belong in here. We're professional journalists. Let us do it. But we've moved to a place now where we need to use those as guide rails for the public to say, let's help you. You know, yeah. you live in this community. You see what's going on on the ground. Let us help you do a better job of it. Let's, let us help you figure out what's going on, what's relevant, how to verify that, and then to tell stories that other people want to see. So you see that. You think that those two can coexist in a creative, probably engaged way. Well, I think so. That's that's why I feel excited about this time that we live in. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, it's it's difficult. There's been so much pain, and I don't want to minimize that at all. And yeah. that's what the book talks about. You know, at, at the beginning and this motif of death, there's been so many. It's hard when you see your friends lose their jobs. You see these beloved institutions yep. fading away. Uh, you, you know, there was, this industry was so profitable at a time, and now all that's gone. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we've got to figure out a way forward. What does that look like? Okay, right. so then what does that look like? Okay, because when I see, like, like everybody else, right, I go on my phone and I'm looking at local news. Um, how do you find those outlets initially, right? I want to be informed. We were talking earlier on in the show about the Nextdoor app. I mean, right? I mean, that's, you know, I'm looking for my lost cat or I want to complain <laughs> about someone, you know, in the local right. park or whatnot. And some of the things I, I hear or read on there I'm not sure I'm going to trust his news. Or local journalism. Exactly. Well, that's right. No, that is the challenge. Like we, the people I talk to in the book, they say, you know, 
one, every time a police officer shows up on somebody's street, they post it to Facebook. And yep, then you're yep. like, after a while, you start to think like, oh, this this town is crime-ridden, mm-hmm. when it just might right. be like the ordinary stuff the police always do and, and journalists wouldn't have paid attention to. And then in other cases, uh, you know, somebody went to the um, – uh, Dunkin' Donuts, and they get there, and the the doors closed on the restaurant, and they post that a message. Well, it's it's not really news unless you're trying to get a donut, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, what, right, you know, okay, right. we need to weed out some of these right, things. So, news to you yeah. is not necessarily right, yeah, exactly, news right. for all. Not of news them. for everybody. Um, so, what I try to talk about in the book is: can we one take a moment to say, like, what what you do when you're posting to Twitter or Facebook or social media has value. We act like it's just we tweet and it just goes out into the world and, you know, it's ephemeral and it disappears. Right. But the reality is that makes up our community conversation. So how do we, one, acknowledge that that has importance? And then once you acknowledge it has importance, like, do a better job of it. I talk about the Peter Parker principle, Spider-Man, you know, with great responsibility comes great power. You've got all this great power now. Uh, You know, you've been given this ability to tell these stories. So take it responsibly. Do a good job with it. Don't just post whatever you think is on there. Or if you, if it is your bias, your opinion, make it clear it's your opinion. The new book is called Death of the Daily News, How Citizen Gatekeepers Can Save Local Journalism. We're talking to author Andrew Conti. Andrew, I, I want to uh, – and maybe this I'm just showing a pet peeve of mine. But what, there's a lot of bad writing hmm. online. Right. There's a, ba- a lot of bad writing on social media. And I understand that the language evolves. Right. So, you know, like uh, John's son was upset with him because he put a period at the end of a text. And he was like, Dad, what's going on? That's too, that's too aggressive. <laughs> too formal. Too, right. aggressive. Exactly. Right. too aggressive. Too aggressive. <laughs> I was like, when did a period become aggressive? Anyway, um, so I understand that language evolves. And that's fascinating to me. But there's just bad writing. Right. I mean, there's always been bad writing, yeah. but at least people but now have there's editors bad writing and there's no everywhere. editors, right? Because you you write it and you just put it out there and in the world. And that's what I mean. That's That goes part of that idea that people act like, well, I can just write whatever I want because it doesn't matter. Like, it's just a tweet. It's just a post. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It matters. Like, it, like, take it seriously. This matters, you know? And, yeah. and it, you know, and I agree with you. Language evolves. I'm not expecting everybody to just, you know, I'm not some fuddy-duddy saying we have to do it a certain way. But- you know, take the time to, if you're going to put something out there, um, verify that it's accurate. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. What, one of the examples in the book is somebody posted a story saying a police officer had been shot. And then somebody else wrote and said, oh, I just drove past the hospital. And that verifies, that confirms that this has happened. There are all these police cars there. That's not confirmation. No. No. That's just like, those are two, like, and then, and then by the time, and then people started talking about it. By the time an actual police officer got involved to say, this is not true, people refused to believe him. They were like, no, no, no. You know, we already we have a report. We've confirmed it. You don't know what you're talking about. Okay, right. So I'm glad you said that yeah. because people refuse to believe it. So then yeah. let's talk about the rise of fake news, so-called fake yeah. news. I mean, there is a, a truth to fake news, but there's also a lot of BS around fake news. Well, there's both. There's the misinformation that happens that people don't realize. They just do it, you know, and they think like they think it's true. Or I talk about in the book, you know, it's like a game of telephone. You know, one person tells another. And by the end, it's like completely different. Uh, But in addition to that, you have people deliberately putting bad information out there. You know, like if you don't like the mayor, maybe you put out a story saying the mayor did whatever. You, You know, you just put it out there because you're maybe you're trying to get followers or maybe you're trying to make money. Maybe you're trying to get power for yourself. And those are the things we have to really watch out for. So I, I hear that, you know, people say, I'm an activist or I'm a public journalist. 
Now, I mean, anybody can say that, but of course we're talking about there's no, not necessarily a skill set or an education or validity to all this. So then, or a certificate. Right. I mean, so then how do you, as a person interested in what's happening in your community, especially local community, how do you find those sources that you are verifiably have trust in that, you know, what they say is ex- exactly what's happening? Because yeah. it's a lot of fly no, by no. night. That's a that's a great point. I'm glad you said the word certificate because that's actually what we're thinking about. We're we're working on a pilot project uh, with Trib Total Media that we're going to be rolling out in a couple weeks, where we're going to start out with students having them put content out and getting feedback on it, and we're hoping that we could maybe create a, a program for the public where we will do training, give them feedback, and you maybe get a badge or certificate that says, hey, I I went through this training. You can trust me. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah, because it does give. I, I, I'm not looking like to give a trophy to everybody, but it's not about a trophy. It's just saying that there are certain standards and certain things that you have to know to do this. Right. And now you know it. Yeah. And this person has gone through the process. Yeah. They, you know, you can trust what they're saying. Right. Yeah. So I then what, what about legacy schools? I mean, um, I, I went to high school with a guy who went to Northwestern, which is a hotbed of, you know, they produce Journalism, writers, yeah. right? Journalism. I mean, will those places still exist? Point Park, will these places still create curriculum for, you know, serious journalists? And where's the disconnect between those who had that degree and those who are just regular citizens? Oh, I think so. I think there's still a, a huge role for professional journalists. And actually, there are not enough professional journalists right now. If you look around, uh, news outlets are trying to hire people, and the mature journalists who were already in, they've gone on to other industries, and then not, young people aren't going into the field anymore. It doesn't so pay well. It, well, I think it pays better than people realize. You know, I got all these parents who say, like, well, you know, I wouldn't let Johnny go into journalism because there's no jobs in that. Well, the reality is, like, there are jobs now, and the jobs pay pretty well. I mean, some of the jobs that, you know, that we, that I see come across my desk, it's like, you know, 50000 a year to start out with. That's not a terrible no, job. No, not at all. And so... You know, how do we but how do we get students trained up for that and, you know, young people excited about it to realize there right. is so potential. Why, so and, why are they not excited about that other they, than the the the, uh, the idea that it doesn't pay? Right. They think that there are no jobs that because of all this disruption, all the pain that we've been through, all the death that we've been through, that that this is a dying industry. But I think so it's we're, too much bad news. We're at a time now we're at a, we're at a time of rebirth. There's things that are happening that are exciting and totally different. It's it doesn't look like the old model. It's not going okay, to. OK, so but talk new, about the new uh, model. What, yeah. what, what does it look like? What kinds of things would are you excited about in particular? Like, yeah. give us some specific examples. So I think it's, I mean, one is um, citizens working with professional journalists. You know, yeah. so if you're in a community where, you know, maybe there are journalists around, but they're not telling the stories from your perspective, get involved. Like, start telling the stories, you know, and reach out to the journalists and say, like, how can I help you do a better job? I think that's a, a key part of it. Um, another part is the young people we see coming in who are doing it. They're highly engaged. They're super excited about it. And they're, like I asked them in my class a couple weeks ago, I said, how did you find out about the queen dying? Well, we saw it on, I saw it on TikTok. I saw memes on TikTok and that's how I learned about it. That's how I found out about it. (laughs) Really? A friend of ours (laughs) sent us the meme of queen. I was like, oh, she passed away. There you go. You're on the cutting edge now. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Only because the person who sent us was like 27. Yeah, right. There he you go. He's still yeah. putting periods on his uh, text. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, aggressive yeah. to the end. Um, how do you gamify the news? That's another thing we're looking at. Like, how do you how do you do it in a way that feels like a game and it's engaging and we bring in younger audiences and then monetize that? Huh. What would that look like? It would be. I was just looking at a thing today. Um, I mean, there's people that are much smarter than me. I, I'm not figuring it out. But one of the things that's out there is like a, it's an app that you play a game, and in the process of playing the game, you're also learning what's going on in your community. Really? What? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a cool Game-ified idea, right? The new sure it is. Yeah. yeah right. Interesting. 
Andrew Conte is with us in studio. We're talking about his brand new book. It's called Death of the Daily News, How Citizen Gatekeepers Can Save Local Journalism. Okay, Andrew, so, you know, obviously you're an educator. You're someone who's deeply connected to the news, whether it's local or international or national. What are your news sources locally? Mm. When you wake up in the morning Uh, and you want to know what's going on, what yeah. are you, where are you going? Yeah, I'm still a, a fuddy-duddy. I, so I, I will go to the Post-Gazette. I will go to the Tribune Review. Mm-hmm. I will go to the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington yep. Post. Same thing. That's, that's, that's yeah. the, all the same ones we do. Yeah. Right. right. But yeah. public source, other other news sources here yeah, locally, I mean, I, e-citizen journalists. Yeah, and I check in. I mean, we work with all those organizations. We have something called the Pittsburgh Media Partnership. It brings together 21 different news outlets across western Pennsylvania, southwestern mm. Pennsylvania. Okay. And so it's it gives them a platform to work with each other and talk to each other and because oftentimes these are some of them are very small outlets, and so we give them a space to to interact. And then we're actually creating a, a newsroom downtown where um, journalists can drop in and different small news outlets. So next Pittsburgh's going to be there, and okay. CityCast Pittsburgh, yeah. and the Incline. The Incline, yeah. Right. Okay, good. So then we're seeing early, early on here, right? This is the incubator period. Yeah. So five or ten years down the road, totally different. I th- I mean, it's totally different already. And it's going to continue to be totally different. Um, the the thing people talk about news deserts, and I talk about them in the book. And this this idea, like, oh, the news has gone away. The news can, keeps going on, right? Mm-hmm. Things are still happening, yep. and people are figuring it out. Like, it, and it's a messy process. It's not as clean as it was before. Um, but I think we're going to figure it out. I really appreciate your optimistic take. I do. I do because one of the things that John and I talked about during COVID is if we can't be flexible, we're not going to survive. You know what I mean? Like you have to, the two of us, we have to learn how to do something new. We were broadcasting from home for a year and a half or something. You have to learn how to do the same thing you were doing in a different way. And I think that's how we all have to think now all the time. Right. I mean, look how successful you guys are, right? I mean, you know, you're here, you have successful careers, you're making it and and there are opportunities for people coming up too. And we've got to make that clear. I like the optimism. Yeah, so do I. The the book is called Death of the Daily News, How Citizen Gatekeepers Can Save Local Journalism. Andrew Conti's been with us. He founded the Center for Media Innovation at Point Park University right here in Pittsburgh. So glad you were able to join us in studio today. Yeah, thanks for having me. In. Terrific. I love the Thank you so much. Yeah. You've all helped build MyPillow into this amazing company. And now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. Hey, this is John Hall. The Percale and Giza Dream Bed Sheet sets are available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're all on sale for as low as $29.98 with our listener promo code. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale and Giza Dream Sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. These come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. This offer will not last long, so order now with promo code WORD at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bed sheets. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Progressive presents Married to Your Home. I'm disgusting. Oh, House, don't say that. You could live someplace so much better than me. That's not true. Oh, yeah? Look at these uneven stairs. Gross. House, you know I don't care. Ugh, and the squeaky door hinge. I think it's cute. No matter how much you already love your house, you'll love it more knowing you could save big bundling your home and auto with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. I think we can all agree that every moment at Eden shaped us and impacted who we are right now. 
The faith modeled by teachers at Eden Christian Academy has a profound impact on students' lives. We carry with us more than the academics, but a strong, Christ-centered foundation. I would just like to thank my teachers, my mentors, my family members, and my friends who have done the best they could to help me in this next phase of my life. Eden Christian Academy, enrolling pre-K through 12th grade at EdenChristianAcademy.org. If a super flexible schedule, great benefits, paid time off, and a signing bonus sound good, consider NAMS Transportation. NAMS has provided safe transportation to Northern Allegheny County and Pittsburgh seniors for over 40 years. Van drivers start at $17 an hour, sedan drivers at $14 an hour, plus a $2,000 signing bonus for part-time drivers and a $4,000 signing bonus for full-time. Must be 25 or older, no CDL required. Call 412-406-8611 today. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, loves sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to school. We were going through a green light when another car ran a red light and hit us, killing Joe. The National Safety Council estimates one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. Visit nsc.org slash callskill. Clear skies for tonight with a low of 42. Tomorrow, sunshine followed by clouds, the high 67. Tomorrow night, we'll see a little rain from Tropical Rainstorm Ian late. Otherwise, mostly cloudy skies, low 51. Saturday, some rain from Tropical Rainstorm Ian at a high of 61. Sunday, clouds followed by a brightening sky, high 65. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? Scary movies. We could say horror film, or we could say not horror film, but scary. Either one. Does that make sense? You're going into it knowing it's a scary film. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) They make sense. Now you didn't I'm not. Much on that. I'm not a purveyor of a lot of those. I like tension. I like tense films. Interpersonally, or no? Okay. I mean, I have plenty of that around. You know, <laughs> I like tense movies. I'm not a fan of the genre of horror, especially like splatter. Hate it. I mean, what's the point of that? I mean, whatever. You know, but that's big business. You know, that's big business. Some people love that stuff. Uh, it, it has its place, I guess, because it, it, I mean. They wouldn't keep producing them if they didn't make money. And they're making money because people want to see them. So I guess you'd have to say, yes, they make sense. Mm-hmm. You say no? No, you're wrong. It doesn't make sense at all. It doesn't well, make sense, John. It, you're going into a black box for the express purpose mm-hmm. of being terrified mm-hmm. while knowing you're in a safe space. So you're going in to be scared while you're safe. Well, look, we talked about the Dahmer documentary. Uh, yeah, that's ridiculous. Right? That's out. That's just... Millions and millions of, of people bounds. have watched that and right. think that's, yeah, that's right up my alley. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying that scary yeah, movies make sense. Yeah, they have their place. I'm not, I'm not a big yeah. fan all the time. Yeah. Again, again, that's of the splatter films or you yeah. know, the slasher films, mm-hmm. but I do like a good tense film. And I'm saying people. Right. I mean, I'm not saying I want to go in and watch like, you know, 
Jane Austen movies all day long. All right. Doesn't make sense. Okay, so you're coming some, some little weighty here. Oh, no. Here's mine. <laughs> Does this make sense? Oh, no. Celery. <laughs> I, can't I just you... got whiplash. <laughs> I can't believe you brought that up. Celery. Just last night. Yeah. You know what I was thinking? Why celery? I love celery. Do you? So much. Celery is celery like... Celery makes sense all day long and into the night. It's benign. It's... There's no taste to celery. It's not true. There really isn't. That's... It's a... Celery delivers a product. That... Or celery adds texture. But there's no taste to celery. That is such an entry-level take on celery. <laughs> entry-level. <laughs> There's no taste. No, 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 no. Celery Celery has such a deep taste that you have to investigate a little more to get to it. But once you get there, you cook it in in a saute pan. Oh, it's delicious. Celery makes all the sense, John. Really? Uh Uh-huh. I'm thinking like celery, you know, celery with sour cream or celery cream cheese. 10 out of 10 for celery. Mm, Horror movies, yes. 101.5 WORD. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music is here on the weekend. With the best yeah. new music. Yeah. New, new, music. new music from Dan Bremdis. Hold you tight. Don't you worry tonight, I hold you. Good Lord from David Leonard. Good Lord. And Hold Me from Pittsburgh's own Vanessa Campagna. You. Celebrating 20 years of bringing Pittsburgh's favorites and the best new music. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Charlie Dombeck here from Key City Capital. As a practicing CPA for nearly 30 years, I have found that 80% of your ability to grow your wealth is dependent upon two factors, taxes and investment performance. At Key City Capital, we improve investment performance by diversifying capital into off-market investment opportunities in passive rental real estate and alternative like asset-backed lending. We recover dollars that clients unnecessarily pay in the form of income taxes, creating a lifetime annuity of savings. We are a sponsor of passive, affordable, single and multifamily residential rental investments, which are located in Sunbelt landlord-friendly states. These investments are the top choices in a rising interest rate and inflationary environment. They represent a store of value protecting your capital from market volatility. Learn how we at Key City Capital can help you ultimately grow your wealth rapidly. Connect with me at keycitycapital.com or give me a call at 817-912-1569. Christian television is one of the best ways to tell the world the truth, where you don't have to live in chaos, and you can access peace and hope, and that there is a God who loves you. Ridge of Hope is coming soon on Cornerstone Television Network. 
Get involved and hear from special guests, Andy Ann Beeler, founder of Andy Ann's Pretzels, David and Nicole Binion, Jay Gilbert, Mike Smalley, and Jennifer Evaz. Join us October 3rd through 7th at 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television Network. Hey, we're happy to have uh, on the air right now Dr. Robert Jeffers. Dr. Jeffers is senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, a Fox News contributor. His daily radio program, Pathways to Victory, is heard here and across a thousand stations nationwide. His weekly television program is seen in 195 countries around the world. Dr. Jeffers has a brand new book out called 18 Minutes with Jesus, Straight Talk from the Savior about the things that matter most. Pastor, welcome to the show. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Dr. Jeffress, uh, these are hard times for so many people, whether we're talking about, you know, there are a lot of people here in Pittsburgh with relatives in Ukraine, so they're concerned about the war situation. People all across the country are suffering with uh, the ravages of inflation. There are people concerned about COVID, um, all of those sorts of things. So how can a joy-filled life enter into that when perhaps the day-to-day suffering isn't going to go away? Well, in in the Sermon on the Mount, and that's what 18 Minutes with Jesus is about. It's not one of these, I died and went to heaven and talked to 18 Minutes with Jesus. (laughs) This is about Jesus uh, talking to us. And in the short Sermon on the Mount, he talks about the things that matter most to us. And in the preamble to his sermon, he talks about how to have a joyful life. He said, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Those blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And that word blessed that is repeated eight times is a word some people translate happy, but that doesn't capture it. You know, happiness is a superficial emotion that depends on happenings. He's talking about a joy, an inward joy that uh, is, is, is the confidence that God's in control of what is happening. And yes, in the short term of our life or in the world, things look pretty gloomy. But you have to have an eternal perspective. And in the eternal perspective, things are going to work out. And that's what Jesus is saying. Things are going to work out not immediately, but eventually for those who love God. Amen. And Pastor, you know, when you look at the Sermon on the Mount, and I think a lot of secularists do this. They they see the Sermon on the Mount. They read it and go, oh, well, there's wisdom there. That's good advice. But they take out Jesus, the secular world. Kind of like Confucius, world. right? Yeah. yeah. Con- those yeah, are right. wise words. <laughs> It is, right? I mean, you know, you take out Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount, and it's just, you know, uh, feel-good platitudes. But there's a, a deeper misconception here. Well, that's exactly right. And what the last thing Jesus talks about in the sermon is your eternal destiny. And he makes it very clear there is not one road that leads to heaven. There are two roads that lead to either heaven or hell. And the majority of people are on the road that leads to hell. The only way to heaven is that narrow way, he says in Matthew 7. And, of course, Jesus himself is that way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. To live, to try to live like Jesus called us to live without the power of Jesus in your life is completely impossible in this life and is very, very scary in the next life. Dr. Robert Jeffress is with us. His new book is called 18 Minutes with Jesus, Straight Talk from the Savior about the things that matter most. Um, what about those of us who call ourselves Christians, um, and yet our fallback is always, well, I'm a pretty good person, 
or I hang out with pretty good people. Um, yeah, I'm so trying my best. I'm try- I'm, all, I think all God asks of me is that I try my mm-hmm. best. Yeah. Well, again, I think uh, one reason a lot of people shy away from the Sermon on the Mount is they think it's just a checklist of nice things you should do or try to do to get into heaven. Nobody wants a checklist. And when you read these things, they seem impossible anyway to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the fact is, there's not enough good things any of us can do to merit eternal life. And in that Sermon on the Mount, throughout his life on earth, Jesus condemned the religious Pharisees, the religious leaders who tied heavy loads on the backs of people so that they cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. They had hundreds and hundreds of rules and regulations that's impossible to keep. Mm -hmm. And we cannot keep God's regulations. All of us have sinned. We've all fallen short. And the most important teaching of Jesus is the teaching that there's only one way to heaven, and it's through faith in his atoning work on the cross for us. Pastor, you're a prolific writer, and I, I don't know what, what that process is like for you, but I, I would imagine when you hone in on a subject, you you read Scripture, you marinate in Scripture, and then you think yourself through the process. Can you talk about that, about what that's like for you, especially looking at the Sermon on the Mount and what that did to you? Well, this comes out of this uh my own experience with the Sermon on the Mount, I hate to admit this on radio, but I've preached for 40 years and never preached a series on the Sermon on the Mount because, frankly, it sounded boring to me. I mean, I think I and maybe many of your listeners fall into this just false idea of Jesus as this little kind of wimpy rabbi who sat on a hillside and, you know, crunched on bird seed and said nice things to people. That is not the Jesus of the New Testament. And uh, what we find in the Sermon on the Mount is radical teaching, not nice teaching, radical teaching to experience radical joy. And so, you know, it, what I'm saying to you is the writing process, it has to start with a discovery of my own, first of all, that has hopefully changed me or in the process of changing me. And uh, I went to a seminary, went to a very good seminary, but they taught that the Sermon on the Mount was something for the future. It's how you're to live in the kingdom, uh, the millennium. And I thought, well, that's sure irrelevant, so why don't I want to spend time trying to do it now? But what I saw is this Sermon on the Mount is an instruction from Jesus of how to live right now and experience the benefits of the kingdom rule of Christ. You don't have to die to go to heaven to experience the benefits of being under the rule of Christ. You can experience that benefit right now. That's really Dr. Robert Jeffress is with us. His new book is called 18 Minutes with Jesus, Straight Talk from the Savior about the things that matter most. Dr. Jeffress, you are a Fox News contributor, and people frequently see you on the Fox News Network on, on many different programs. And so I wonder, as a pastor, how you decide when politics is the right thing to talk about or when it's too much. Well, that's a great question. And by the way, it's a topic that we address in this book, 18 Minutes with Jesus, because Jesus talked about how we're to relate to the culture. He said we're to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. And salt, to do any good work on meat, to help preserve meat, as it did in Jesus' day, it can't stay in the salt shaker. It has to penetrate the meat. We as Christians need to penetrate the culture. But, and I have not always done this. I have fallen short. But I have, in these last few years, decided the only issues I'm going to address are biblical issues. And if the Bible doesn't take a firm stand on it, I'm not. Now, you know, let me give you a real good example of that. A few years ago, Colin 
Caper Nick, you know, mm-hmm. refused to stand for the pledge, he, the national anthem, and he, you know, took the knee. And people were outraged about that. And I was, too, by the way. I, I didn't think it was right. But that's a personal opinion. That's not something the Scripture addresses. Mm-hmm. And I just... Uh, found myself talking about that more than I wanted to talk about it. So I'm going to stick to the issues that are biblically uh, based. And you're always on safe territory when you do that. Mm, I'm into that. That's fabulous. So, uh, Pastor, I'm sure you you know people like this. Uh, Some people are really invested in Scripture, that they have Scripture first thing in the morning, but their prayer life is kind of weak. Other people, Mm -hmm. their prayer life is strong, but they never delve into the Scripture. So the Sermon on the Mount, you know, uh, instructs us in both applications. Can you talk about that, about the intersection of Scripture reading and prayer? Well, yeah, it's... uh... It's uh, both are important. They're absolutely vital to our spiritual life. And again, all you have to do is look at Jesus. Scripture was important to him. When he was being tempted in the wilderness by Satan, uh, he repelled Satan's attacks by quoting from Scripture that he had memorized. And it's interesting, each of the three Scriptures came from the same book, the book of Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. I used to have a seminary professor who said, men, if your spiritual survival depended upon how well you knew the book of Deuteronomy and could quote it, how well would you survive? (laughs) And maybe he said, that's why you're not doing any better than you are. So scripture was important, but so was prayer. You know, in Mark 1, we find that after the single busiest day in Jesus' ministry, the next morning it says, Mark 142, that he got up while it was still dark, went out to a lonely place and prayed. So Again, it's not either or, it's both. Excellent. Dr. Robert Jeffers has been with us. The new book is called 18 Minutes with Jesus, Straight Talk from the Savior about the things that matter most. Dr. Jeffers, thanks for being here today. Thanks so much for having me. Well, the pleasure's been ours. Thank you so much. You've all helped build MyPillow into this amazing company. And now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. Hey, this is John Hall. The Percale and Giza Dream Bed Sheet Sets are available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're all on sale for as low as $29.98 with our listener promo code. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale and Giza Dream Sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. These come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. This offer will not last long, so order now with promo code WORD at MyPillow.com for this radio-exclusive offer on all bed sheets. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Hurricane Fiona has ravaged the Caribbean with devastating winds, rainfall, flooding. Food for the Poor is already responding to the needs of the victims of the storm. Emergency kits containing food, clean water, and other relief supplies are positioned and ready to go. We need your help to get them to families in need. Your gift of any amount will help these devastated families. Text Send Hope, all one word, to 91999. Text Send Hope to 91999, and we'll send you a link to give. Or click the red 
red Hurricane Fiona banner at wordfm.com. Hurricane Fiona has decimated Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic. 85 mile per hour winds, catastrophic flash floods, mudslides, massive blackouts. The population is devastated. With your help, Food for the Poor is giving relief to storm victims. Your gift of any amount will send even more aid to families devastated by Hurricane Fiona. Please give your best gift now. Text SEND HOPE, all one word, to 91999. Or click the red Hurricane Fiona banner at wordfm.com. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. Of course I use Mr. Clean Magic Eraser to clean tough messes off my stovetop and bathtub. But then I discovered I can also use it to easily clean my patio furniture and even my shoes. I'm hooked. And when wipes won't cut it, I use Magic Eraser Sheets. They're thin and flexible erasers, perfect for everyday messes, like gunk on my counters and sinks. They really are magical. The reviews are in. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and Sheets make cleaning look easy. Want to say big on new blinds? Blindster.com offers custom-made blind shades and shutters shipped directly to you at prices less than big box retailers. Shop Blindster now and save 45% off any order. Just use code RADIO. Offer and soon. Shop today. Blindster.com. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Robert Jeffers. It was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. It was interesting to talk to him. Different than what I had expected when I see him on Fox News. Right? Yeah. Very much so. I agree. Yeah. I agree it was. And um, I think that's probably the case with a lot of people who ex- who are opinion people. Yeah. That because of the... Um, because of the seat they're in and what the part they're expected to play, we kind of pigeonhole them in our mind as yeah, being one thing. Right. And so you put them in a different context and all of a sudden you think, oh, wait that's a minute, good. what? Yeah, very interesting. Hey, uh, uh, today is uh, September 29th. Yes, it is. It's 929. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow's the last day of September. Yeah. I texted my brother this morning and I said to him, hey, uh, Jeff, happy dad's day. And he knew exactly what I meant because 929, <laughs> as long as I knew and loved my father, that was his number. This okay. Now there was a, a time, and I think it probably still exists. You know, um, especially you know, uh, pre Pennsylvania lottery, mm-hmm. and this was part of our family lore that my dad, you know, he was a heck of a guy, and he busted his butt to raise seven kids along with my mom Grace, and um, you know, worked three jobs, uh, just. Uh, a blue collar guy through and through, which is a whole other story because he didn't have to be. But that's that involves religion, that story. But anyway, my dad working in the factory, pre-Pennsylvania lottery, like a lot of guys, he would play his number, his daily number. Was it always the same number? Well, it, w- it was a different number for a long time until this happened. 
Now, the story goes that my dad one day went down to read the water meter. And the last three digits, which I, you know, I'm, I'm not playing the, the daily number. The last three digits of that of the water meter was 929. So he went in the next day and told his bookie at the at the factory, yeah, you know, play 929. Now, my dad was not much of a gambler. I mean, you know, he, he would gamble, but he would, like, pay, play a, a dime mm-hmm. or play a quarter. But apparently, if the number would hit, you know, anyway, the number hit. And he was thrilled. So when my dad would win, he'd come home and be like, yay. And he would take each one of us kids out individually and buy us something. That was his thing. Huh. Yeah. So 929 sort of became lore. So that wasn't your address? No. no. That was that was the water meter. It was the water meter number that my dad played <laughs> and hit and won. So it's on September, September 29th. You know, my brother and I know this. I don't think my sisters even think about this. But we, you know... We know that that was Dad's number. So on this this day, we play that number in honor of my dad. <laughs> That's just how it works. Don so it's, Hall. So it's Dad's day. It you. is Dad's day. Yeah, nine two nine for Don Floyd Hall. That is great. God bless you, Dad. That's I'll terrific. see you in heaven. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, if you missed any of today's program, check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on forty some different platforms. I think the ride home with John and Kathy. Hope you have a terrific night, Pittsburgh. Stay warm. It's going to get a little chilly. Turn on the furnace. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.